Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is Season 5, Episode 22. Uh, It's been a minute since we've recorded. Uh, I think we've probably recovered a little bit uh, from our our travels, from our tears, our losses, our, um, I don't know, tournament hangovers, whether it's uh, some bad beats or uh, just trying to cheer on our A10 brethren or sisterhood in both the VCU and, and SLU and either tournament uh, and then them losing in the first round. Uh, there's lots of reasons why uh, it's been a minute since we've been on here, but uh, we are back. Uh, we are going to be talking today about uh, the A10 tournament a little bit, uh, kind of our experience. Uh, we had a fun time, uh, even though we did bow out in the first round. Uh, both of us had a really good time and were treated very well in, in Barclays Center. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, and then we have two transfers, uh, two new commitments to talk about um, in Dame Adelakun and Desmond Watson. Uh, so we're just going to talk about that for a while. Um, I don't know how often our, our episodes or uh, how regularly they'll be. Um, but if there are more commitments, which I'm sure there will be in the next month or so, uh, you know, probably bet on it. an episode coming out shortly after that. Um, there'll be other things to talk about too, and and there might be just kind of like a portal roundup type episode about like the A10 at some point as well. So maybe in the next four or six weeks, you might see like two more, maybe three if things get a little crazy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the update. Uh, Lou, how's your how's your off season going? What's what's new, and um, have you recovered yet from from the tournament? Yeah, what a what a one. Um, I think uh, it was a tough one, but again, I've definitely recovered. There's been a few weeks in between. Um, crazy to think it's uh, a month ago uh, we were um, getting ready for uh, for basketball, right? So uh, yeah, um, yeah, a month ago was the night before, right? Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, a little uh, little tough that it didn't end the way, but again, hey, new uh, new season is pretty much brewing as according to Monday. Uh, last season's over with, so we're kind of on to the new season, and we've already had some uh, things like we'll talk about here that happened uh, that's going to impact next year for sure. Yeah, we will be back to talk about that and more in a little bit, so stick with us. And don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. He and we are back uh yeah let's talk about the a10 tournament uh we'll just kind of start there um this is our first year uh obviously being in the a10 but also our first year uh to be able to be credentialed for events uh whether that's women's or men's basketball um and we decided to try our hand at getting credentialed for for the A10 tourney uh, in Brooklyn, and um, one of the cool things, so we, you know, we obviously write for A10 Talk, and it's great, and we like really appreciate all those connections and the help that they've given us. Uh, but when it comes to tourney time, they usually only give out like a few credentials per outlet, um, and so a lot of the the ones that the A10 Talk gets goes to people that don't have other ways to apply to the tournament. So when we found out that we should apply through the podcast, I think both of us were a little nervous, uh, a little unsure, you know, like, I mean, you know, I I mean, I think 
kind of uh, opinions about podcasts might have changed might, may have changed a little bit in the last few years. But there's that stereotypical oh wow like two white guys like in a pot like in a microphone just like talking about bullcrap you know and like and although like we are that uh, we do also write like legitimate stuff and I think we we care a lot right and I think we um, I think we we try to make it more professional and we we want to be the most reputable source for for Loyola news whether that's men's or women's basketball or other sports as well um, and we've we've worked. Our, our butts off, you know, for, for lack of a better term, for five seasons now to get to where we're at. And so to come full, full circle and be approved to be media members for the tournament uh, with our with our names on uh, name tags and approval of the podcast, you know, uh, getting sitting down in front of a in front of a uh, marker, or, uh, a name tag that says podcast 63 on it. Like that was pretty darn cool. Um you know, I, I I don't think we, I don't think we pat ourselves on the back too often here. Um, but this was definitely something for me that was just super super cool and really unexpected to be honest, um, and uh, just validating. So I don't know, I don't know if you have any just like kind of thoughts about that, but for me it was it was super cool and definitely something I won't forget. Yeah, no, absolutely. Who who wouldn't deny that it was a cool thing, right? Um, it was an amazing opportunity. Um, I think that my favorite part, if we have to pick parts. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Has has to be and nothing against any of the guys who but it was just funny. um, Just a a lot. A few people were like, oh, is this what you do for like a living? And I was like and I said (laughs) and Buck currently was also saying like, no, we just do this for fun. Like this is Mm -hmm. just we 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 pretty much would be saying the same stuff, shooting the shit, however you want to say it. If we didn't have a mic and hit record, like we'd probably be saying the same exact Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Um, so I think that was one of the, my favorite like highlights. Cause it was just like, we are generally just two guys who just went to school there and really enjoy basketball and think there should be, uh, more to talk about. <laughs> um, mm. so uh, that was probably a highlight. Definitely in the name, um, some insight here, right? Like, um, as a former manager, what a different life it's been being media credentialed um i just enjoyed myself yeah we worked especially during our game and then sadly our game did not go the way we wanted it to go so a bit of like a lull there but then when it ended was like okay let's let's go to the press uh conference let's ask drew some questions and some of the guys right let's um let's get that kind of out of the way and um that was a lot of fun though right like the, the fun aspect of it was really cool so um, I think that was so different than you working 24 seven. Right. So, um, definitely a fun inside look. Um, really appreciate the hospitality of, um, the a 10, um, both, uh, the, the kind of staff and also the Barclay center it was really cool. Um, but yeah, excited. Um, and again, I think it's a little, uh, honestly itching for us to want, like do it again or want another opportunity mm-hmm. like it for sure. So I think that's a, that's a really cool thing to think about. Yeah, there was a couple of things. What you said reminded me of something too. Kind of like insider, you know, stuff that happens. I don't know under the uh, behind closed doors. I guess you could say. Um, one of the funny things, it, going off your point of like people asking us if we do this for a living, um, it's a very professional setting, right? I mean, like you're walking, you're bumping shoulders with people. I have another story about bumping shoulders with someone that I'll tell in a minute. But, you know, there's hallways and whatever and, and, like, security people making sure you're in the right place and that you have the right credential and whatever. 
And one of the things, I think you pointed this out. I didn't realize it until you pointed it out. When you're walking around in those hallways, every single person, maybe not everyone, 90% of the people there, the, before they look you in the eyes, they look at your credential to see like who you are working for. And that for me was such a crazy experience. Like, I don't know, there's just something about it, right? Where it's like, I, it doesn't matter who I who I work for. I could I could work for ESPN or I could work for myself. And like you know, we're we're all in the same boat here, bud. You know, like <laughs> it, it just it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And it but at the end of the day, it's just something funny. And it's like you know, I don't know. We're not this like we said. This is what we do for fun. This is not our um our work. Our you know our livelihood. So it wouldn't guess, be it's, bad. It's easy. It wouldn't be bad. I'm not going to deny. Oh for the, no! If we got paid reasonable salaries and benefits and stuff like that, <laughs> that probably that probably wouldn't be too bad. Um, no, it's not. It's not a bad life, especially with the, the media food. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you that, especially since it was uh, free. Um, but again, mm-hmm. not free when you have to work hard like this. Not like anybody True. can do what we do, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, Definitely. no, again, yeah, hats off again. Um, uh, it was Loyola's first time. Right. And those are like, this is kind of, again, I think the biggest way to sum it up is like, this is almost the taste of kind of being, you could say maybe at, at a bigger conference, like not, I don't want to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, at the big boys table. Right. But no, like we, we are in a bigger conference now than with NBC. Um, and not saying, not saying at all Arch Madness was a, a, a trashy thing at all. But what I'm saying is that, like, we're playing in New York City. Um, it, it's the, the idea of crowds and everything, but just being in that environment. Again, the craziest thing was for me was a day after our game, Big East tournament was also going on a few stops away. Right. right. So, like, you're just in that environment, in that atmosphere, and I think it just is a plethora of great basketball being played. So I think for our first year was a great taste of it, and I, I really would like more <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the other things like Loyola specific, uh, when we we went to their press conference and um, there was people from the Phoenix there, so like props to props to that. I'm glad they they made the, the trip out. Um, I wish they would have been there for the women's tournament, but that is my little piece of of shade for today. Um, but so we we had a chance to ask Drew some questions, uh, and I remember mine. But if I mean like also if you if you remember yours, like go ahead too. But I, I had asked, actually, this is for, for Braden. I was trying to ask him, like, you know, he's transferred from, he started Oakland uh, in, in the Horizon League and then to Loyola in the Valley. And then at Loyola, they've gone from the Valley to the A10. So I was trying to ask him, like, have you noticed differences, right? Or, like, how has the step up, the multiple steps up in your career, how has that affected you? as a player. And, you know, to be fair, I, I was excited to ask the question and I thought it was a good question, but after, you know, thinking about it for a little bit later, like, yeah, they just came off a real tough loss. So they definitely expected to win. And, you know, Braden is a winner, right? Braden, Braden's been to the tournament he's won championships. Like, and <laughs> his response was, it was, it wasn't impolite, but it was very curt. And it was like, no, there's no difference. I prepare the same way. Like, almost like, why would you ask that sort of thing? And that's fair. He was respectful, but, like, very clear he did not want to talk about that in the moment. So, definitely uh, a lesson learned for me. Um, but uh, it was just cool to be able to, to talk to the guys. And yeah, talk you just can't go so. next year, it sounds like. That's that's just what it no, is. No, I'm going to be blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. 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 I for feel sure. bad. For sure. No, no. No, I don't. I don't. But, uh... 
Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, again, overall, not the result we wanted as a program. Um, but uh, honestly, for our podcast, I think it was a little, it'd be a little selfish to say, but it's also, it's, it's not impractical to say that um, what we, the opportunities we got were really great. And again, it's a credit to the program. Um, we, we are kind of, uh, I, I think they, I don't know if they do a scouting uh, to be like, do you guys know who this podcast is or whatever? But um, <laughs> yeah, just again, very in- awesome feeling to have. But, uh, and again, hopefully we have a better even more of a better time next year if we hopefully get a game under our belt um, and move on to another day. Um, I think like many of though, I, I would prefer if we don't play on Tuesday. <laughs> I think that yeah. would, that was, uh, that's maybe the one outtake I'll take from it uh, at the end here. My other, my kind of last, last story. So there's like, we were talking a little bit about the, the media room and getting food and whatever. And, uh, you know, there's like, like I mentioned, there's some people there that are from bigger companies or whatever. And one of the probably bigger, biggest names there that I saw was Joe Lenardi, uh, who Joe (laughs) Lenardi is the broadcaster for the St. Joe's home games. Yep. The play by play. Uh, So he was, Oh, I think he's just radio. Sorry. I think he's just radio. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, radio guy. And so he was there for the first, like whatever, three days. Cause St. Joe's won a couple games. So the last day uh, that St. Joe's was there, so that was, I think, the Thursday or Friday, whatever it was. Um, he, uh, the Thursday, that's what it was. He, so we were all getting food, and I think the St. Joe's game was next, and there was like not, there's probably only like 15 minutes before the game. So I get in line for food, and it wasn't that long of a line, but there was, you know, five or ten people waiting. And <laughs> someone cuts me in line. And uh, whatever, I have time. It, it doesn't matter to me. But someone cuts me in line, and I kind of, like, look over, and he, like, looks back at me, and he's like, oh, sorry, do you mind if I, I, I got to be back in, like, five minutes. And I was like, no, go ahead. And, you know, I went and got food, and then as he kind of walked away, I was like, holy crap, that was Joe Lenardi. Like, Joe Lenardi just cut me in line. And I hope he really enjoyed his masticcioli or whatever. I think it was pasta that day. So I hope it was. I hope he got the good scoop of Masacholi because he he deserves it. So um, that was just my my little brush with uh, I don't know with some, some college basketball. Yeah, college basketball stardom. Yeah, yeah. there you um, go. But it won't yeah. be your last. It won't be your last. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, it was it was a fun time. Um, you know, we we could probably or I could at least talk for an hour plus about all the fun things we did in New York and I did in New York. Um, but it was great. It was a great uh, one of I think just one of the simple differences between Brooklyn and and Arch Madness. Um, you feel like you're on a stage in Brooklyn. Like it feels important. It not that Arch Madness didn't, but there is there's a, a significant difference between Barclays Center and uh, whatever Enterprise Center, I think that's the one in. Enterprise, and, uh, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, sounds like Saint some Louis, insurance it, or card thing that would work. Yep. Yeah, it's just way different. It's like if seriously is like major league baseball, baseball to minor league baseball. Like there is a very significant difference, uh, and it's really cool. I would highly uh, suggest recommend any Loyola fans. I know it's tough because it was on a Tuesday. But uh, if if we are um, good next year, uh, I really highly would suggest taking a trip out there if you've never been to New York or if you've just never been to Barclays because Barclays was super, super cool, and I, I can't recommend it enough. So that's all I got about that. You got any more thoughts about the tourney? 
Yeah, I don't know about the masacholi, but the cookies were fire. Good, good cookies. The cookies were good. good Popcorn was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I much appreciated the the step up in food quality from from the men's tournament to the women's tournament. Ooh. Um, I, I will say, I mean, I very much appreciate having food all the time. Free food is free food, and when you're working from <laughs> 11 a.m. to uh, to like eight or nine, like I will take anything. Um, the one criticism I have, and this is a legitimate one for me at the women's tournament, no coffee. And I just, I I don't know how that's even possible. So I, I'm probably going to have to write a strongly worded letter. Um, but the last, I think a semifinal day I had to go and I did purchase $3 coffee because it was extremely necessary. I was running on fumes. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that's it. I could I could probably go on for a while. <laughs> oh, but onto the onto the uh, to the new year, I guess, or the new roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the the portal has been going 120 miles an hour. It has just been all all steam ahead, uh, just craziness. And you know, I honestly feel like for as wild and crazy as some of the other a10 teams have been some of the other valley teams have been loyola has been expected the moves that have come i i don't think are all that wild um you know we could sit here and scream for 40 minutes until our faces turn red about how good or how bad these moves are and i think generally i mean i actually we haven't talked too much about this offline I, I generally think they're good moves. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this is awesome and rave and they did amazing and it's the best transfers in the portal and blah, blah, blah. Like, they did good. They've done good. They've done well. They didn't lose. I don't think anyone that's going to absolutely kill them. Um, they're sad. You know, they're sad for a couple different reasons. Uh, for sure, the the three that, that have transferred out. But um, I think for the most part, it's expected. And I think there's something to be said about that just in general. The expectation of, uh, of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at like VCU or George Mason, and you know, I mean, I know those teams have been hit by coaching losses, but UMass or uh, even Dayton to some extent, like those teams have lost huge parts of their teams, and they some of them have been unexpected. Um, for us, I don't think that's been too unexpected. I think they're places that we could get better at. Um, and improve on, and I think so far, Drew has done a, a good job with the two that we've added. That's kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, I but think, yeah, I think have, the, the, the kind of the, the gist of your point, regardless of the school, Loyola or not, it's like everyone is the transfer team now, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. everyone has the opportunity, but also the loss. Um, so I think that is such a different playing field. Like, it's less of like, oh, only a handful of teams are going to be in on this guy because they're the only ones who might have, like, the space, right? Um, no, like, every team now, most, more, more than likely, is a team that is going to be available to get a player um, mm-hmm. in the portal. And uh, that's just kind of how it is. And that's, like, not, again, anything wrong with Loyola or the A-10. It's just, like, that's the landscape of NCAA basketball right now and how do you adapt to it? You you get a mix of guys, right? Um, I don't think necessarily maybe the two guys we've got are like the top players that are available in the portal, but also they're the guys that fit our program, fit what we're looking to do. 
um, and also fill holes that have been, have been have been had left, right? So those are the two kind of ways, right? Like there's dream players I would love to get, and there's realistic, right? And that that's mm-hmm. the that's the calling card I think right now for the program, especially is what what can the program get that is one gonna either make an impact, but two also um, be something where we don't lose a lot of resources on right. So whether that be NIL, whether that be um, another kind of I guess uh, grouping of of other things, right? So um, so yeah, it's it's again though it's exciting. Um, the portal, um, it also can be a stressful thing, I feel, um, because it's definitely not uh, an easy uh, easy thing to, to manage, for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, like you've mentioned, like basketball is just different right now. College basketball is just in a really different The last year space. alone, that's the crazy thing. It's only been like 365 days to maybe two years, you could say. So everyone's mm-hmm. still learning. So that's I think that's the craziest thing even for me to really just like – put it all back on it is yeah i wonder i mean i think we will definitely get at least another full year of this kind of craziness but i do think once i mean this is a bigger conversation but like i think once some of the covid guys once once we don't have five or even like six years of athletes like different you know like graduation years of athletes playing at the same time Mm -hmm. like i do think that it's going to calm down a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you might not see as much like movement at the top, like the the very good teams or the very good players, like taking. Um, they won't have that opportunity to use an extra year to grad transfer. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It's I mean it's just kind of a, a an interesting conversation, and I guess we won't know until it happens. But I don't think it's going to be like this forever. But I think it will be like this at least for another year and maybe two. Um, yeah, I think but, that's the reality as well, right? Like those those are the things that not only our Loyola is dealing with, everyone's dealing with. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think that's that's the Yeah, it's it's not a crazy it, it's just like that's just what the landscape is. And that to me is like I think one of the the bigger maybe I don't know, wake up calls or just the things that are needing to be talked about when it comes to yeah. why is Loyola getting this type of guy? What is Loyola looking for? Um, Cause again, yeah, let's just go into it. Right. Like right away, our names like almost attached to almost every player <laughs> that yeah. is, that yeah. is in the portal right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great, mm-hmm. uh, like it, it, it's, I think it's a big thing to catch a wide net. Um, it's just so interesting to see, um, what that net kind of gets us right um mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's that's where I mean, we, we first start off right buck we're just like we're, we're we're trying to go after solid guys anywhere we can yeah i mean i think you have to be honest with ourselves too like we went 10 and 21 last year right True. i mean even Very, yeah. on top of that we were we were dead last in our conference like something has to change like if if it, like this that's that's my biggest gripe when I see people being like, Well, why is Loyola reaching out to everyone? It's because they they sucked. I mean we sucked last year, right? There clearly like, needs no... to be a shake up, right? That's the that's the yeah. one of the biggest things, yeah. I would be I would be furious if all thirteen guys came back next year. You know, like I just think well, that two of them couldn't. Make... But yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, like if everyone who could return returned, I don't think that would be good for the program. It might be good for for those guys and for for like fans and whatever, but like ultimately there needs to be a change. 
Um, you know, I I don't think we've see, I don't think we saw Drew do this last year, right? Like I don't unless I'm just misremembering. I mean, I think our names are on a couple people, but we also got commits really early last year. Uh, we had all four of our guys, I think, commit before the middle of April. Um, so I th- I think this is just like a change up of Drew's strategy too. Um, you know, I think I think when we see like oh you know X Y Z teams have reached out to Ben Smith. Like that means that they probably just like texted him, right, or phone or sent a phone call, right? Been like, hey, I'm the head coach from Loyola. We're interested in you. Let's see if we can set up a time to have a Zoom, like something like that. Yeah, no, um, exactly. I think I think a good way to like look at it, right, is like the difference from Drew having like a, a Zoom call with St. Thomas two years ago, trying to get a recruit because he just new coach, and then last year it kind of felt like it was boom, boom, boom over one weekend. We had. Um, we had Golden, we had um, Miro, we had Mir- Wilson, and then I'm pretty sure we even had um, at least. I think we had. Um, they were pretty much in two Sheldon weekends. Or, it was pretty much Sheldon then, right there, and even Phil, right? I think we nearly had all four within a week. So they, yeah. yeah, they were. I think they were within like eight days or something. Yeah, and it then was... again, we had three were commits already, right? And Jalen, Jaden, and Trey. So, um, yeah, again, I think the biggest thing in the way I'll go before we get into the two players so far is that there's kind of three different categories that I broke it down to. What I was looking into is like one, are guys playing in a conference that's too kind of higher than the level they can play at right now, right? Like we are in a new conference, a little bit more of a a different type of player. So that might be one. Two, Mm -hmm. I think, and we'll get into this when we dive into like kind of season review, individual player names, but like there was at least one or two players that I saw that just like weren't playing at a hundred percent anymore. Right. Like the hundred percent we had seen them play at in, in our previous years, um, just weren't doing it. And then there was kind of the last ladder where, and this is really just one person I can think of it just, it just wasn't working out. Right. And nothing really Mm -hmm. against them. I just think it was both a, a difference of opinion and also thought process with the coaching staff. And yet, I, do I disagree with it? Yes, but I just don't think it worked. Um, so, yeah, and again, that's, that changes, right? We talked about VCU. We don't have a coaching change. We had that last year, but we already had a lot of guys kind of leaving. Um, we're not last year, sorry, two years ago, right? Um, and then so last year was his own recruit. So, again, Drew's also new to this. This is his second year in kind of – full-on recruiting, right? I, I understand he recruited a few guys, St. Thomas and everyone, when he joined, but this is his full-on full, full on year doing this. So, yeah, I, I think that's the interesting thing for sure. Um, I think also it's a little different when it comes to transfers. You only have – he only has one high school recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, at the time we only had two offers, and then, of course, Miles' brother, Wes, decommitted. So he only had one else to work with. So now it's like, well, crap, I can – go out to talk to more players because we have a whole bunch of more opportunity, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a whole different dynamic. Again, very different college basketball scene. So, But, again, it's it's one that, one, we have to take advantage of as, as a program, but, two, also not be taken advantage at and losing guys, right? We, we I know, Buck, you and I talked about this offhand. Like, if you have a stellar mid-major guy, there's a high chance that a high major – We'll try to kind of maybe scoop him up because mm-hmm. they're like, boom, we don't have to have him sit out a year. Again, you see that with Kentucky even, I know, right? Like some big programs, and even Duke's doing this, UNC, right? Look at UNC two years ago, or last year. Um, their star player, 
uh, was a transfer, right? So, and a senior transfer. So, like, program, mm-hmm. big programs are not always now going to just be one-and-done players. They're, they're looking for well-seasoned players, and that's where also potentially schools like us can be taken advantage of. So the portal is the portal, right? I, I do, as much as John Rothstein might get on my nerves a little bit, I give him credit. The portal combat is probably the best way to sum it up because you're kicking left and right, and then you might get hit. It is just a constant fight, but also just a constant mosh of just players being tossed in and all of this, right? So it's almost like a ro- royal rumble, just a whole bunch of people in one one ring and just whatever whatever you can do to get in and get out, go get it, but it might not be easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I think it's it's huge that we've already gotten two commits, and that's why, and I think they're solid, and, and I think they they've ha- they've been successful. Dame has been success, or yeah, Dame has been successful in the Ivy League, and we've seen we've had two Ivy League transfers just two years ago that were extremely successful. Albeit that was when we were in the Valley, right? So it is a, a little bit of a step up. Uh, it will be a step up for Dame, but um, we've had success there. And then on the other hand. With Des, with Desmond Watson, um, he's already had success in the A-10. So, like, yeah, no, he's not a stud, but he was a very, very solid starter who uh, impacts the game in a lot of ways, um, and he already had success in the Atlantic 10. So I think it's very clear um, kind of the, the goal of the staff so far has been let's get guys that already have had success, uh, whether that's the way that we've done it, whether the way the Loyal has done it in the past, or a guy that has already had success in the Atlantic 10. So um, I'm I'm a, a fan of it. I think they've done a pretty good job um, so far. I guess I guess we can jump into one of them. I'm mean, let's just go in chronolo- chronological order. So we can start with Dame. Uh, Dame Madulakan uh, is a transfer from Dartmouth. Uh, 6'8", um, power forward type, uh, post player, um, not, not super tall. I think that might be something that might jump out to some, some fans right away, but great length and that a lack of height maybe for that post position hasn't stopped him from getting blocks. Uh, last year he averaged two blocks a game, which is elite, I would say, uh, very, very good. Um, he averaged at Dartmouth, he averaged just under 14 points. Uh, and seven rebounds, uh, dished out two and a half assists, which I think that's something that some people have kind of missed so far. Um, and just very efficient, uh, shot 56% from the floor, um, and, uh, did only shoot 62% from the free throw line. So maybe, maybe he'll need some, some lessons there, but, uh, um, he also shot a couple threes. I think he was like seven for, yeah, seven for 17 from three. So, um, maybe something to kind of, stay in tune with just kind of keep an eye on um i mean if that's if he can do that even a little bit might might help us out just to to have that um have that threat from the post position um but uh but yeah i i think he's great i'm I'm really excited i think he fits loyal's offense a lot i think they're gonna um i think they they want to run i think that's something that's clear you know get an offense or get a defensive rebound and run get a turnover and run um, and then um, I do think on defense they wanna they wanna slow all their teams down. Um, I think they're gonna play like some hard nosed D, uh, and that's kind of clear with these two additions. Um, and just like some toughness, some some. I mean, Dame is uh, a full on adult. I mean, he's about like 22, 23. Like getting getting those types of players, I think is something that we uh, lacked a little bit last year. I mean, I know we could say with. Miro and Bryce, like they were both grad transfers and that didn't work out. But 
Um, I do think that this uh, this edition is going to be solid for us. Um, uh, yeah, I just I like it. But yeah, feel free to jump in. What else you got? Yeah, I think um, this fits a very very similar mold of an athletic kind of stretch four. And now again, I, I say he's a stretch four for the fact that yes, a stretch four doesn't always have to shoot threes in my head. They just need to be athletic. Um, that's mm-hmm, how I mm-hmm. feel um, because they can stretch the floor. I think that's the biggest. If really, if we look at the definition, I feel like that's what it is. But again, I didn't play college basketball, so I'm not going to go into it. But um, I like that he can move right, both offensively and defensively. I think that's something that um, even a current guy of ours, um, sadly, like it's not like he's completely lacking. Um, but I think this will be a great complement to kind of the already the efficient and the kind of game plan we have going already. Um, I think um, another thing really to that I'm excited about is just like pairings, right? I think that's something we not necessarily we, we lacked, but we haven't seen go really work well i think sadly last year bryce didn't really fit well with um what you could say phil and phil may not really fit well with a complimentary part of either huddy or like really right so i think this could be something where it could complement and i think those are Mm -hmm. the biggest um those are the biggest avenues um that i'd love to explore and well that's what we're going to explore here um right um but i think that's something that I look forward to a lot is just seeing the opportunities. Um, and I think that's something that where it's just really exciting. Again, the only, maybe the only thing would be just, he's going to have to, I think get stronger just down low, but I think him and Phil competing, uh, will be great. And then honestly, he's got a young kid in miles coming. So I don't think, um, there's anything to say that there won't be competition coming, um, mm-hmm. that will want to compete. Right. Um, I think that is going to be really, really, um, really just prevalent in the beginning that there will be competition. Um, So kind of like beware, I guess, like not like a scary kind of competition, but like there there will be competition, I feel. Um, Yeah, I I think one of the things to note too, Dame only played 23, 24 minutes a game last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So this does kind of give me flashbacks to like Krautwig, like sophomore, junior year. I mean, freshman year too, in that like he didn't play, like Krupp didn't play a ton of minutes those first few years. Like, but when he was on the court, he made a difference. He made an impact, but there was time for other bigs. Tom got time. Big Frank got time. Um, you know, there, there was, there's still some time for other bigs to get in there and make a difference. So when you talk about miles, like, yeah, I, I think there will be time for miles. If miles gets into camp, gets it to Loyola and, and shows that he's worthy of seeing the floor, like he'll see the floor. Yeah. Um, I might start a I countdown think, clock of when miles Ruben gets to go onto campus. Cause I've been itching for that. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be a fun day. But yeah, I um, guess, but, but yeah, what, what is what, when, when Dame, when you look at the box score, right. I think sadly a yeah. year was taken from him, right. Bottom line. Yes. 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I understand why the Ivies didn't get or why the Ivy players didn't get to fully appeal that? No, but <laughs> that's just the circumstance uh, they're in right now. Um, but what what uh, from a box score standpoint, I think last year, of course, was his biggest year of growth. So I think we're on. I hopefully see a trajectory there. Mm-hmm. But um, wh- where do you see 
is this like a immediate right away starter or is it too early to say that like we don't really know the rest also or where where is your head that's one question i wanted to just dive into for me it was like yeah is it too early i don't want to be that that type of those type of guys that kind of project that out early I can't remember if it was, I think it was two years ago, where we really discussed, like, big man minutes, mm-hmm. where that was, like, where it was Huddy and Tom, and I think it was Chris Knight. Um, and ultimately, I think we, we we saw Chris Knight, like, take take the bull by the horns a little bit and be able to play that most amount of minutes. Um, but he wasn't in the starting lineup right away, if you remember. Chris mm-hmm. Knight wasn't. Oh, Chris Knight, um, no, was not, yeah, yeah. Right. And then by the end of the year, he was playing, you know, I don't know, 28 minutes, something like that. I think it might be a similar trajectory for Dane, um, especially just in terms of, like, minutes. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, the first 10 games of the year, we either see Tom start those games or Tom get more minutes than Dane. But I think probably by the end of the year, um, they, I think Dane will probably get the majority of the minutes, especially come, like, A-10 time. I think we saw that this year with Tom, and like I believe me, I thought Tom's first half of the season was excellent. Um, you know, we were really happy, and it was obvious he was kind of dealing with some like thumb issue or wrist issue. But I think ultimately Tom, um, you know, tried to bulk up a little bit, but was still just a touch undersized for for the A10. Um, and I think having Dame there is going to help. Um, you, you know, we've already talked. Dame's like not super tall, but I, I've, I've seen him play. You know, some of his tape. He just seems tough. Like he, he's he's strong in the post. He's strong on both sides, both on offense and defense. And it's it's almost just as athletic as Tom, I think. So, um, I, yeah, I think ultimately to answer your question, um, I, I think it's a it's a toss up right now to say say if he starts out of the gate. But I think for sure by the end of the season, even halfway through the season, Dame is going to be getting the bulk of the post or the center minutes. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's my thought. I don't know if you have, if you have any other. Thoughts no, I about think that. that's the kind of the biggest question mark for me. Again, I think we'll we'll dive into it more potentially later. But right now, the question is like, what 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 does this player mean? It's the first transfer of the year, right? But I think crazy enough, we we do have a lot more scholarships to kind of deal with, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't think it's out of the question to be like, hey, we're gonna have to try to figure this one out. And but yeah. I think it's again knowingly, he's only got one year, so there's also a little bit of a difference when you get a transfer who's got one year, versus a transfer who's got more more time left. Here's some some kind of highlights, just stats wise on Sports Reference. Um, the one that that really jumps out to me, um, he was number one in player efficiency rating uh, for the Ivy League last year, and it says career he's number one too. I have to look at that. Uh, he was sixth in the country in player efficiency rating last year. Ooh. So like we mentioned, you know, he only plays 23, 24 minutes a game, but those 24 minutes are, are excellent. Um, so that, that's one highlight. Uh, number one in blocks last year in the Ivy League. Um, he was also number one uh, in box score plus minus. Uh, he was number one in defensive rebound percentage. So, I mean, that's just a lot. Basically, defense, the difference between, like, total rebounds and, like, defensive rebound percentage is when you actually have opportunities to get rebounds. Mm-hmm. So, like, if your center stretches out and has to, like, guard a shooter on a three, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't – that doesn't hurt him that he didn't get that rebound on that play because he wasn't in the play to get the rebound. So, that's basically saying, like, when he has the opportunity to get – rebounds he does um 
I mean, there's some other fun ones too, but I think those are kind of the ones that stick out to me. Um, just, just, I think real, the, the big thing is like making the most of his minutes. And I think it'll be actually a pretty difficult job for Loyola coaching staff. Cause you can say, okay, those numbers are great. They're very efficient. Well, can he just do it over 34 minutes in a game? Right? Like that would be optimal as like, Hey, you did it in 24 minutes. Like, let's just make sure you, let's see you do it in the whole game. Let's play you more. But the, the thing that comes with that is, like, those guys aren't used to that, right? They're not used to that over a full season, especially. Um, and if, if you know he can be extremely efficient in 24 minutes a game, maybe, maybe you ask him, hey, let's just make that 28 minutes a game, right? And maybe you can still be that efficient just with a, a little bit extra responsibility. And I think, I think that's actually going to be a very difficult uh, decision to be made um, up in up in Gentile for, for Drew and Co. And hopefully they have other options that are, are performing just as efficiently, so it won't be as as difficult of a decision to make for them. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely one uh, just to be like need to be aware of. Um, when I think one last thing I'll say is, uh, again, we, we now are sourcing Ken Palm, um, mm-hmm. right? And um, for his 2023... Oh, yeah, um, you want to know who his number one similar player is? <laughs> I I know we talked about this. We did. This is wild. Yeah, it's Chris yeah, Knight for, for those it. who we haven't talked to about it. Um, and when we say Chris Knight, uh, we mean the Chris Knight um, of three yeah. years at Dartmouth and one uh, great year at Loyola. Um, so again, hey, if that's the similarity, I think uh, without a doubt, um, in in in, I, I would say a very important part of the run. Um, in the conference play, I definitely think if, if he had another year with us, he would have even been better because you could easily see there was still a little catch-up. So I don't expect this to be a really, like, right away. Um, and if it is, hey, uh, I'm, I'm jinxed, right? Call me out. But I do expect this to be an impact when when in the middle of the season, I think, easily. Like, I, I love your point. I do can potentially see Tom starting in his place just – for that, like, hey, Tom knows the playbook, maybe. Tom also, like, mm-hmm. isn't bad, so why maybe not put him out there? But I can easily then also see uh, Dame just kind of get get that advantage mm-hmm. potentially down the road just because of his skill, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, a good add. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think uh, we touched on this a little bit. I think it just really goes to show this as well as the Watson addition, um, just really uh, gives a good indicator of like what's to come and like the, the style of, of play that Loyola is going to do this year. I, I, I really think I mentioned this on the spaces that we did with talking blurs, but I really think they're going to turn back toward what gave them success uh, in the past couple years and Drew, especially being the defensive mind that he is, I think he really wants to get back to that hard-nosed defensive basketball. Uh, I think he wants to be able to switch uh, one through four, um, and that I think was clear. Um, you know, I think I think he mentioned in either one of his pressers or, or after the season or something about Phil getting better at that as the season went on, but that he wasn't Phil wasn't really able to switch on to some of those those quicker guards. So I think that's that's a key thing that that we should look out for early in the season. But to be able to switch one through four on defense um, and then have that athletic big that can run the floor and can also pass the ball a little bit. I mean, two and a half assists a game for a post player who's only playing 24 minutes a game. Like that's that's not nothing. That's 
that's impressive. Um, I and I, I can't imagine that that you know, Dartmouth wasn't like running the Ivy League, you know. So it's not just because he had like really talented players around him. And I'm not trying to be shady toward his teammates, but like you're being a little uh, shady. It's, gotta, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think at the ver- yeah, at the very least, I know he drew some double teams. And at the very least, that means that he's a good passer if he's getting doubled. And that's that's a big asset to have. Uh, and it allows him, um, if if A-10 teams are going to just say, hey, like we want to guard you one-on-one, well, then that gives Dame opportunities to win in the post one-on-one. And that's we, he's proven in the Ivy League that he can do that. So um, there's a little bit of cat and mouse there, but uh, I do think that Drew wants to get back to that that hard-nosed defense uh, and, and maybe – maybe shortening the games a little bit, like limiting the amount of possessions and taking up like full shot clock uh, when it comes to offense. Um, who knows? But that's just at least my initial take on it. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I any... think we'll we'll have more for sure. I think it's exciting. Uh, we got mm-hmm. one. We, again, this was the first commit. Um, I don't know. Again, we maybe we'll, we'll see, but necessarily might not have been early. Um, but I think it was kind of early, honestly, in the whole transfer portal process. Um, but yeah, again, very excited to have uh, another player join join the team for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, I'm excited for it. So, uh, we can move on to Dez uh, Watson. Um, Dez comes from a fellow A10 uh, member in Davidson. Um, he is a six five six six uh, wing player. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to call him a shooting guard or a small forward, but probably some, somewhere closer to a small forward. Um, he is coming off his sophomore year, so he just finished up his second year at Davidson. Um, his freshman year, he saw he didn't play too much at the beginning, but then got some some key minutes uh, toward the end of the season. And then this year, I believe I don't think he started every game, but. Uh, he was starting, uh, I think, toward the, the second half of the season, he was drawing a lot more starts. Um, so, yeah, he, he averaged last year, he averaged 9.4 points, uh, 3.8 rebounds, a little over an assist a game. Um, he also was very efficient uh, on defense. Uh, he um, just uh, he got 22 steals over 32 games, so just over or just under a steal per game, uh, but also um, was a great team defender. Uh, and I think uh, his hustle uh, and just athleticism was one of his bigger calling cards on Davidson. Um, I'm hesitant to call him like a shutdown defender because I don't think that that's what he is yet. But um, just a lot of the Davidson people were, were very complimentary when it came to his like team defense. And definitely he's not a liability. Um, so hopefully coming to Loyola, getting another year under his belt, maturing a little bit seeing a different style of defense. Um, maybe the switching type of defense is going to be really beneficial for him. Um, but I think one of the big things about Dez is his athleticism and his defensive um, defensive ability. And that is going to be really key uh, for him coming over here. Um, and that's not to say, like, I mean, you know, we're talking about his defense, but he, he also averaged 9.4 points a game, which would have been, what, best second best in our, third best in our, third, third best third in our fourth. Ben, ben kept hovering around 9.9 and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, it's also, I you know, we talk about his defense, but um, his offense is, is impressive, too. And there's room to grow. I mean, he's just a sophomore, so he does. He only has two years left because his first year was after the COVID year. Um, but uh, he does have two years left, which is always good to get an additional year out of your transfers. Um, 
and I think he so he's friends with uh, I know he's buddies with Phil. Um, I I thought I saw someone say they they went to the same high school, but then I looked at like their stats from what I could find. And you know, high school is always more difficult to find than like college stats. But like, it didn't look like they went to the same high school, so maybe they played on like the same AAU, or maybe they just were like in the same area or something. Um, but there's some connection there, other than just like they both they both went to high school in Ohio. Mm-hmm. There's there's something something more than that. So um, yeah, I, I don't know what what are your kind of initial thoughts on on Dez committing to Loyola? Yeah, um, I think this is really interesting. Um, uh, almost a very reminiscent, personally, of like Sheldon, just because like kind of just played against him, you could say, right? Um, mm-hmm. This past year. Um, so um, yeah, I, again, it was one I didn't really see coming as like a for sure commit. Um, I'm very intrigued of, again, what type of. Again, for all I know, that he could come and start. Um, I don't think so, um, but who knows, right? Um, I, I think that's that's where it comes up to what that is going to be the question. Um, again, I think this is a player that, one, is already been playing at the A-10 level, and that's kind of mm-hmm. the focus for Drew, is getting a player who has that experience and also has the, I don't know, in my opinion the connection with the A-10, and I think that's a little bit different than coming with guys who are necessarily ready for Valley play. Now, again, again, maybe tying back to our press conference question for Braden, right? Like, there are some guys who, yes, they play at a higher level than their conference maybe might overall represent. So I'm not saying that any of the guys we've brought, but there is something to be said, right, about an A-10 commit versus maybe an MVC commit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, all things change over time, so... The fact that he's had two years in the ATN, I think, benefits um, the understanding of what needs to be played, right? Um, again, his freshman year, um, n- no no real starter kind of, uh, I guess you could say, crazy value, right? Um, really toward the end of the season, you, I think you saw him kind of pop off. Um, I think, I don't mm-hmm. know if he started, but a lot of games with double digit points. Um, I think, honestly if he just started off the season a little bit more, um, he probably would have had that, but there were, he had multiple, uh, uh, double digit games. Um, honestly for me, it's just, uh, his field goal percentage, um, mm-hmm. not loving it. I get a 38%. Um, but honestly, we didn't have a great field goal percentage at all this year. So I'm not going to be too judgy. Um, or sorry, 38 over this last two years, 40 last year. So again, improving last year, improving last year for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I really, when you look at the averages of two years, it's, it's not too great. Right. But when you compare the two years, massive improvements, right? So kind of mm-hmm. similar to Dame, right? If we can catch these guys as their peak performance is getting better, that's where we're hoping to, to and that's the whole point of the transfer portal, right? You're hoping you can get either the same performance or you see a performance that progressively getting better to make an impact toward your team. And I think that's what uh, Desmond can potentially bring after a stellar year Um, with numbers like that, I think easily could have made an impact. Um, Yeah. Even his free throws, I I joke, but his free throws are nearly 75%. I am happy with anything above 70 (laughs) just because our Mm -hmm. team historically recently has not been too great. Right. So um, yeah, the only thing I would be intrigued, um, 
maybe just seeing assist. It's kind of interesting to see like Dame has averaged more assists than Desmond, um, but Desmond's also seemed to be maybe more of a scorer, right? Um, just because of offense. Um, and then lastly, he's he's played up there in minutes, right? Twenty nine a game, he averaged. So that's something really interesting to see. You talk about Dame potentially needing to get more minutes. I think Desmond might be expecting a certain amount of minutes, but is able to play. So, yeah, I think it's going to be up to Drew. This one's going to be interesting, depending on who we also get. I know there's a name out there that I'm very, very hoping we much get, but that doesn't take away from you need 13 strong players, not just five, right? Um, I think that's a key one. We noticed when games like Braden didn't went, had a bad streak of games, you, we hope to fill that with other players, got that next guy, that next man up mentality. Um, so, yeah, very excited now to have two in our pockets of commits, right? There were kind of that lingering question, who's going to be on the team next year? But we have Dame, we have Desmond. Um, I think everyone's just going to be named something with a D, kind of like that idea, hmm. Drew, Desmond, Dame. Um, and you also have to be from Ohio. I think that's a critical thing now. True. Um, but, yeah, no, again, it's exciting. It puts a smile on your face when, you, personally for me, when I see a kid wants to commit to play at Loyola, I'm like, okay, there are so many schools out there looking for players, and you picked us. Like That is still, at the end of the day, regardless of ranking it, it's still kind of cool for a transfer to be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick all these other schools, but I'm going to go to Loyola, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, really cool thing. That's kind of it I have on Desmond. Haven't done too much. I got a little bit more excited for from Dame, I'll be honest with you, just because, like, the IV and, like, the fit and everything – but I do not mm-hmm. want to say Desmond is not something that it, it can be even more exciting. Just need to dive in more for me. Yeah, I, I got some stuff. So I mean, I think kind of the the I don't know the the layup sort of say uh, of like trying to figure oh, out what, what kind of player he is. I see. I get thank, it. I get it. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Um, is you know I mean a ten. So like we got other a ten people on on Twitter or connections like through a ten talk to like kind of connect with them see see how how they thought he played and i think one of the interesting uh things to um just to, to lead off the conversation about this is like when he decided he was going to the transfer portal there were multiple davidson people who were like oh he's going power six like that that was just like he's either gonna go to like a high a high mid major or like power six and and that was you know that was just like he's an athletic duty six five six six like and maybe someone can fix a shooting and if they can then then he's a stud right i mean like if he's a competent a great defender and like he, he's already scoring almost 10 points a game and he's shooting horrible no offense like if, if you can fix a shot then then he's a an all league type player probably in almost every conference um so i think that's an important context when you're thinking about like how did like why did he pick loyola well I mean, his own fans thought he was going power six. I mean, I think when we talk about uh, this is kind of the beginning of this comparison, but when we talk about a guy that's transferring in in Marquise Kennedy, right? Before this season, I think if you would have asked us, like, if Marquise transfers, where can he go? I think a lot of us would have said, you know, probably some of the high majors, maybe, you know, not like the, the Blue Bloods or anything like that, but somewhere, you know, like Clemson or Wake Forest or... I don't know, you know, like Iowa State or one of those like mid-level uh, top-tier programs, if that makes any sense. But now, you know, this year when obviously Marquise is in the transfer portal, I think there's been a lot of discussion about him, and I don't. That's not the case. Like, I don't think any of us, or very few of us, I would say, thought, "Oh, Marquise Kennedy's going power six. Like, mm, he showed his play showed differently. So, 
when we start to compare these two guys, which I, I, this is probably an unfair comparison just in general, especially because I'm going to hit it kind of hard here, uh, between Marquise and Desmond, the initial thing of like where they're transferring was different. Desmond was supposed to go to power six. Marquise is somewhere in the, the mid-major, especially if he wants to get some significant playing time. Well, then, you know, I, I, I think when you look at it, maybe frame it like this of like, Desmond is trying to replace Marquise Kennedy because normally like one guy can never replace another player. Um, and you start to kind of break down their stats, even just off the top, like uh, uh, Desmond played more minutes. Desmond played 29, Marquise played 24 a game. Uh, Desmond scored 9.4 points a game. Marquise scored 7.5 points a game. Desmond had 3.8 rebounds per game. Marquise had 3.2 rebounds per game. Uh, Marquise had 1.5 assists per game, whereas Desmond had 1.1. So there's one that Marquise let in. Uh, but also Marquise was asked to be more of a ball handler, whereas Desmond Watson had Foster Lawyer on his team, who was, I mean, the dedicated point guard, and there wasn't as many opportunities there for Des. Um, yeah, one big drop-off might be, might be just like overall field goal percentage. Marquise uh, last year uh, was just under 45%, whereas Des was around 41%. But they're, I mean, three-point shooting-wise, yeah, Marquise was at 35%, whereas Dez was at um, 27%. So, again, another little drop-off in efficiency there. Um, but another thing that I've heard from a lot of the Davidson fans is just that Dez didn't fit in their offense. Um, Davidson wants to pass the ball around, pass the ball around, pass the ball around, get a paint touch, kick it out, and shoot a three. Like, that is, that is, that's their offense in a nutshell, is either – try to win one-on-one -on -one in the post, or kick it out for a good look at three. And that's kind of not what Desmond does. Um, I think he'll uh, I think he be a better fit at Loyola, just in general, especially in offense. Um, I think he'll be a better fit uh, and, and help out with a little bit of ball handling duties, like at least being able to get to the rim, uh, which is something that Loyola has lacked. Uh, it looked like Marquise might do that in the beginning of the season. And then he kind of has faced some injuries and um, didn't do that toward the end of the season uh, as much. So hopefully Desmond can kind of do that a little bit more. Um, there's some other like really nerdy stuff like analytics wise between Desmond and Marquise. Uh, maybe maybe if we if we get into that a little bit more, like do a spaces or something like that. Like I can get into that a little more. Uh, but off, just like generally their offense and defensive ratings are very, very similar. And Desmond has two years left and Marquise has one year left, right? And even in normal times, Marquise wouldn't have another year left to play. So if you look at it, I think if, you, if you're not expecting too much and you want to look at it from just as strictly like Desmond Watson is replacing Marquise Kennedy, um, I, I think that it's a step up. And I hate to, you know, I, I love Marquise Kennedy. Marquise Kennedy is one of my favorite Ramblers of all time. Um, but, you know, things have happened and we've moved on and Marquise has moved on as well. Um, and I do think Dez is a good upgrade. Um, and even just from a physicality standpoint, that is a completely different physical type of player. Dez is 6'5", 205. Marquise is 6'1", 190. Like, how many times do we talk about this season? Man, we just let everyone in this league has two, three impressive guards that can score. Well, Marquise was getting beat sometimes just based on size alone, size and physicality. And I just, I think that Dez isn't going to let that happen as much. Um, or their, their, the ability that Loyola now has to switch is going to 
uh, help everyone on defense, including including Dez. So, um, yeah, those are kind of just, I think, my highlights. Um, I, I, I want to temper expectations. I know a lot of that is like, oh, wow, Dez is better than Marquise, right? But like I said kind of at the beginning, one guy doesn't always replace one guy. That's not how that, that works um, in any, you know, in any role. Uh, I, I think, you know, you got to remember, like, um, Sheldon was coming on toward the end of the season. I think Sheldon and Dez will probably fight for a lot of minutes uh, just at that position. Um, same with Ben. I think Ben and Dez are going to be competing for some minutes. Um, you know, I think I think guys like Phil are probably – Phil's not going to be as affected by Desmond's arrival. But, um, yeah, guys like, like Edwards, like Ben, uh, Jaden – I think more so. I think Jaden Dawson will be affected more than Jalen will. I think Jalen will will still kind of get yeah, those like backup to, point guard duties. Yeah, to jump on there, I kind of yeah, I'm a little. I don't want to say I'm I'm a little disagreeing just with kind of the Desmond. Um, I don't know. It's coming off maybe a little different than what I'm hearing, but like the reason why maybe I'm also hesitant is like last year I think I had a high expectation at least for Bryce Golden, right? Comes from sure. a Big East um, that that I, I don't know is, the, is it the caliber or just the quality and and sadly just it didn't fit. Um, now mm-hmm. again, there could be something said to like just wrong time, wrong place. Like any other year, maybe it could have fit better. Um, so yeah, I, I I say I don't. I personally don't think Desmond will be a starter um, mm. because I think one you have Braden, Ben, um, Phil, and then. Either then you have Miles Dame potentially Tom. Dame Tom, um, so like those that's already five guys. So I think the starting aspect's already gone personally, but the the role of whether off the bench, however you want to frame it, I think honestly, I I, I think I'd ra- I again I'm more about like I'd rather see Jalen Quinn get more minutes than um, potentially Desmond. Right um, mm. now, again, Desmond though played on a team that had top caliber guards, so he's played at a high level. So maybe he is prepared. I, I guess that's where um, the inconsistency of right what is a top transfer caliber player is. Uh, like for example, Dame and Chris Knight, two good examples. They were the best on their teams, right? Like wholeheartedly. If we look at Chris Knight and Dame yeah. both on Dartmouth, they were just the best players on their team. So. When we look at it, I guess that lens, and it's like it's kind of obvious, right? Oh, best player, they're I guess the best player. They're gonna be an impact player right away. So, and again, nothing against Desmond saying he couldn't. Nine, you absolutely are right. Nine points would have led our, <laughs> would have for sure led our team, right? Um, so, uh, or not led our team, but been easily third. Um, third. Um, so mm-hmm. again, a, a player on a different team can easily shake things up. Uh, make a different impact um, uh, right away. So that's where, the, for me, again, I don't know much about Desmond, and I said that earlier, so I don't want to say I know for sure. But I just get a feeling that also just the kind of the what we have in place might take over. But again, now mm-hmm. Drew's only going to be going into his third year. And in reality, a year when he has, I think, more of the guys that he potentially wanted – um, or mm. maybe guys that now fit better. Again, that's, we'll see that with who else we get potentially um, transferring, right? Like that's the that's the the big big question mark maybe coming. It's like, well, who else are we looking to get? What else is that impact going to look like? Um, so, yeah, it, it, there's a lot to undress there, but that doesn't mean um, 
Drew doesn't have a vision, right? Like like you said, Dez is two years versus Marquis one year, right? Like there has to be some vision and some thought put into it before you can just be like, oh, this guy's going to fill this role, right? Like I 100% agree mm-hmm. with your point. One guy does not replace one play. Like it's not a one-to-one relationship. It's not nothing like that. It's a what is our circumstances. And again, I think our circumstances were a player was kind of aging out. And it's weird to say that, right? They're only like 22. But um, just kind of they, they, were, they were seeing a bit less of the productivity that we had seen before in their career. Um, so I think that's maybe something as well. So, yeah, I think Desmond is absolutely someone who can – and you bring up a great point with him and just playing with the caliber player that is um, freaking – oh, my God, I can't even say his Foster. name. Right Foster. Foster Lawyer. Foster. It's just like that level is expected to be, I think, also a high level. So it is something to be like – Hey, if he's played at a high level and he's played in A10, it makes such a difference. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, overall, I think it's a player that definitely can be an upgrade, but also a player that can be something to look out for. Um, but, yeah, I think that's where, again, I want to, I'll do more. Um, I, I've already been looking at Desmond stuff, so we'll see for sure. But uh, I think there's a lot to uh, kind of open up. When it comes to transfers, I just I, I do want to admit I did last year have this like like I thought it was almost like the best Christmas gift ever, right? Or like Bryce Golden, right? Like legitly, when I saw that, I was like, this guy's gonna be great for us, and he was decent, but not to the level I kind of overhyped it, right? So I am trying to take a stand back from transfers this year because I think there is a level to say that like it doesn't work immediately, and that's so tough on the one and done transfers. The, mm-hmm. the Bryce, the, even the Dame, even like Chris Ledlam I was looking at from Harvard. They only got one and done. And sometimes you almost rather guys like Desmond or J- like young guys who have another year to like work on stuff. Um, now, again, there's a time and place, right? Like you and I were arguing work on stuff when we're losing because we're n- nothing's going to change. But maybe this season we won't have time to do that. You need guys who have performed. So, yeah, there's so many sides of the coin and it's so – it's not frustrating. It's just there's too many points. Um, so it's so hard to, like, throw all your chips in in this early stage. But, again, it, it's one of those things that, like, if you find the right fits in guys, right, like Porter was looking for championship-level guys, you, you got to look for guys. And I think Desmond is a guy who's played in the A-10. And I think that's a huge, huge mm-hmm. plus-minus bonus, you could say for sure. So... Yeah, I mean, when we talk about, like, lineup construction and stuff like that, like, yeah, I mean, we got 11 guys, right? We don't even have 13. We have no idea who's going to fill the spots. Um, so it is still really up in the air. But I will I will say, I think one fun lineup, one thing that, to look forward to um, is, is okay, so you got Braden, right? Braden's obviously going to play 36 to 40 minutes a game. Oh, gosh. Then you got your, your big, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Your big who is going to rotate between Dame, Tom, and, and Miles. I really highly doubt we see any of those guys on the court at the same time mm-hmm. unless Tom develops or Dame, three-point shooting is better. I just don't think that they're going to do that. That's not how the A-10 works really um so you know you got your you got your point guard you got your center and then you got three positions in the middle where you got a guy like phil who right his first year last year in d1 um did play a bunch but also occasionally got into foul trouble um there were times when drew decided to go with other guys right i mean like not not a lot but at least 
two or three games where he probably only played like 18 to 22 minutes and that was the coach's decision. Then you got a Ben Schweiger, right, who obviously we all love, freshman, all-freshman team last year, played very big minutes and then hit a wall toward the end of his, his freshman redshirt freshman year. Um, but still played a bunch. I don't know if I want to see him play nearly that much as much as he did last year to, to this year, unless he's taken like really huge strides on defense. Um, and then, you know, you got a guy like Sheldon Edwards who, uh, we've seen, you know, his growth, whatever He's obviously a really talented offensive player, maybe struggled a little bit on defense, uh, but is athletic six, four, um, what, what I'm trying to get at here. So there's three positions, right? You, the three guys I mentioned are all, uh, lengthy six, four or bigger. You throw a guy like Desmond Watson in there who's six, five, six, six, somewhere in there. Um, that, that group of like wing players has length and size. Like we've never had at Loyola. I mean, at least as far back as I know, which is, you know, admittedly like 2015 or something, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like we've, oh, for the last four years, we've always had Br- uh, Braden and Marquise and, you know, there's been some other guys in and out, but those have been the two lead guards. You go back before that and you got, you know, Clay and Ben, right. Or like, Clay, Ben, and Lucas, and Marcus, and some of you, like, Lucas and Marcus were 6'3", 6'4". Ben was probably 6'2", 6'3". But I just, I think there's a big difference between, like, you got a, a four or five guys to pick from that are between 6'1 and 6'4", and then four or five guys to pick one from that are between 6'4 and 6'7", 6'8", at, at your wing positions. And this this league, A-10, is, their guards are big, they are physical, they are quick, they are lengthy, like, I just, I, I really think, um, and Drew said this. Sorry, this is I'm taking a little tangent here. Drew a said little, this in his post it's game. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it though. Drew took a, a, a little uh, a sidebar at, at his at the A10 interview about he wanted to build a team like Richmond did last year and like Davidson did because those two teams made uh, the NCAA tournament from the A10. If you look and then you you fast forward to this year. Richmond and Davidson were both mid to back tier teams in in the A10 and those two teams in particular very much looked like Missouri Valley Conference teams. They didn't Loyola did not build the team last year to look like an Atlantic 10 team and I think ultimately these two guys in addition to like the guys they've kept on and the freshmen that they've introduced are going to they look much more built like an Atlantic 10 team and that is what excites me. Not necessarily the individual additions, although they do. The group as a whole I think is coming together to be a uh, talented Atlantic 10 team. So, that's that's my end point. That's the end. You're done. You're finished. That is, yes. Yeah, I was it was a it was a, a no, little I bit of a journey. No, I could go back and forth and argue a point or two and I'm not going to it's I don't want to do that, but I think um I, think I agree with you on I don't think Dez is a sure and starter. Definitely I don't think that's You see maybe I just that's where it came off and I was like, "Oh, Bucks going Bucks." I think he's in. one of like four or five-ish guys in that wing spot that's going to see a lot of play though. Like I think he's going to get 20 minutes a game. See, and again, um, and that, that, I would say maybe, but then again, last year, right? Again, it, it's so, it, it's so different. They, it's Davidson so, was lacking at that like two three position last year. They had they had obviously they had Foster who played most of their point guard position, mm-hmm. and then they had a lot of like bigs and posts and like that three four position. But they didn't have a ton of those like two guard or three positions. So. I don't know. I think it, that was kind of he played a bunch because of necessity at Davidson. Gotcha. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think so. overall both recruits, just to sum it up, both recruits are interesting. Again, it gets us like, it gets us sparking this, not debate, but discussion, right? Like It's like what recruit fits well? Why do we go after this recruit? What's in it for Drew? What's in it for the program, right? But we mm-hmm. won't really know. Um, again, highlight tapes are great to look at. Also impact, right? The difference of a player being the star of the team they were on coming to Loyola versus a guy who was a role player now coming to Loyola. Is he looking for a bigger role? Um, or just mm-hmm. an, uh, sometimes, honestly, you need glue guys, right? If guys leave, um, a shout yeah. out to like other programs. But like, we, honestly, when programs lose seven players or eight, six players, like we talked about this a few years ago when we talked about like the average is like was two and a half. And that's no longer the average. I probably no. would expect it to be at least five. And you're telling me potentially a whole starting five on average could leave a team. And that's kind of scary, right? But it also, in this day and age of coaches leaving, and again, we don't have that, but two A-10 teams who I don't think expected at the end of the year of uh, coaches thinking about leaving, they did, and they had a change, right? So, yeah, both Desmond and Dame, hats off. I'm really happy to have them. Um, and it gets this discussion going, and also it gets the eyeballs looking on, like, what's next, right? Like, what's the next piece? What are we looking for? Um, I think what I'm looking for is who fills in this assistant coaching spot, that's what I'm looking that, for. We didn't even get to that. We didn't that. even get to yeah. that. Um, That'll be another podcast in itself. Absolutely. So those are other things <laughs> to keep looking forward to. As the, Even though the 2022-2020 season ended, we have, as you can see and listen, plenty to talk about. And we'll have hopefully more in the coming weeks for sure. But we'll definitely do again, Bucky, correct me, we'll do our traditional year-end reviews, uh, player mm-hmm. reviews, um, in some cases farewell reviews. Uh, to more than we kind of planned for. So, yeah, again, more content for sure to come um, and excited for that, but also excited for the workings that are going to be happening still for Loyola basketball. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we got some stuff going on. Uh, Now that you mentioned it, yeah, we probably might have a couple more. uh, You know, maybe we're looking more of, like, every other week as opposed to, like, just once in a while. Because you're right, we still do have to do those sort of, like, season season reviews type stuff. Yeah. but uh yeah this is good stuff this is fun stuff um you know we'll, we'll still have a couple additions uh keep your eyes out you know i don't it doesn't sound like anything's really on the perimeter like or on the what is that yeah on the perimeter right horizon wow the horizon just yet no, we're, we're in the we gotta... a10 we're not in the horizon league anymore no, no. <laughs> nice uh we do have a visit this weekend from a transfer from bryant uh for yeah, he's guard, there right now four. yep charles is it Sorry, Pride is his last name. I think it's Charles. Yeah, Charles Pride. Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so that he should was be, on. That could be interesting. Yeah, um, really interesting. I'm again very intrigued that it's kind of a card play. Um, yeah, another, but we've kind of talked yeah. about it, right? Like, look at St. Joe's. Look at teams. Who, there's sometimes four or five guards who are just in that rotation. So um, definitely, definitely understand. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I think that's gonna do it here from. Uh, Buck and Lou at Podcast 63. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.